Hey, what's up? This is Chris Gray, and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Nice, Messi! The cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's CFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on CFM Stereo. My station, your station. It seems like yesterday when we were watching the opening ceremony of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 and we are already at the business end, the semi-finals and all eyes will be on tonight's potentially explosive World Cup semi-final where Argentina coach Lionel Scaloni says La Albi Celeste will trust their system when they face Croatia and believe they have worked out how to hurt the 2018 runners-up. The team is in studio and that comes up up in the second half of the show that team is Mike my daughter Chris Meadsy Chris is back uh, Sean Tafirinika our producer my name is Barry Manandi and we'll be joined uh, by Alois Bunjira a bit later on also in the beautiful game we'll have some World Cup updates where the English Football Association will consider foreign candidates to replace Gareth Southgate if the England uh, manager stands down from his post and Portugal are looking to part ways with Fernando Santos following their elimination from the World Cup and according to reports the Portuguese Football Association have approached Roma boss Jose Mourinho. But before we get to what should be an exciting Qatar 2022 report, we have plenty to go through on the home front where Harare Giants Dynamos Football Club have confirmed Herbert Marua as their head coach as he replaces Tunderain Diraya who parted ways with the club at the end of the season. Being a Tuesday with a Formula One report proudly brought to you by Zimoko and Fred Vassour has been confirmed as the new Ferrari team principal following his departure from Alfa Romeo after six seasons. We'll also take you around the world in 60 with updates from Australia, England as well as South Africa. How is it guys? Elvis WPF. This is the bomb. All Africa Heavyweight Champion two time. Uh, you are listening to ZFM Sports. Let's give you a local sports news roundup starting off with some cricket news where former England test player Gary Balance is set to play for Southern Rocks in the Logan Cup as he begins his integration into the Zimbabwe national cricket team after switching allegiance from England last week. The top order batsman is expected in country later this month and Chevron's coach Dave Houghton said he's looking forward to the reunion with ex-Peterhouse school student who played for Zimbabwe at the ICC Under-19 World Cup. Head over to some rugby news. Zimbabwe where Sevens rugby team coach Graham Callback admits that World Rugby's recent changes to the promotion and relegation will make it harder for teams to attain core status. So teams ranked 9th to 12th on the HSBC World Rugby Seven Series after the opening six rounds will join the top four ranked teams from the Challenger Series in a high-stakes relegation playoff competition. End off with some volleyball news. Zimbabwe Volleyball Association says the success of the country's representatives at the Africa Union Sports Council Region 5 and under 20 youth games is testament of investment done at grassroots levels. The men's under 20 team won gold with the women's side coming home from Malawi with bronze.
from Rufaro to Barberfield, Mandava to Nyabunga, all the perfect moments in the Castle Lager Premier Soccer League come together on ZFM Sport. All right, Dynamos have made an announcement and we want to hear your thoughts on it. 073 because Dynamos have confirmed Herbert Marua, Jompano, as their head coach as he replaces Tundira Indiraya Stanza who parted ways with the club at the end who parts ways uh, with the club at the end of December in a statement released by the club Dimbare has stated that Marua's assistance will be announced in due course let's hear from Dynamo spokesperson Tinashe Farao I can confirm the appointment of uh, Herbert Marua as the Dynamo's uh, head coach with immediate effect uh, he's taking over from uh, former coach Tondra Indraya. We wish him well. He's, his, his immediate task is to assemble a team which will compete for the upcoming season. Z. Uh, the words there of Dynamo spokesperson Tinashe Farao and uh, uh, Herbert Marua worked as a junior's coach at Dynamo's before joining the first team technical department under trailblazing coach Kalisto Pasua. So he has an affinity, has a relationship with Dynamo's. Uh, the announcement has finally been made. Worst kept secret in football. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this, uh, this was a, a very, very public secret. <laughs> Everybody already knew. Uh, what was going on but like you said that he started as a Dynamo's junior coach I I saw him there when we were still uh, uh, still starting uh, in professional football he was a Dynamo's he also coached the reserve side at, uh, at Dynamo's as well and uh, uh, he, he, he he has got roots mm-hmm. at Dynamo's you know that is not uh, questionable at all and uh, I don't know can, 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 can the weight of expectation be met because uh, listen uh, Chris He's, he's taking over Dynamo's first team. Mm. It's a very different proposition to the juniors and the reserve side because this is a team that expects to win every single year. Hasn't won for a while. Yeah, and that, that's a lot of pressure, I think, for a coach who's coming in. It depends what the negotiation has been with Dynamo's, but my, my simple expectation after last season is that their only trajectory is to go upwards. Mm. So he has no choice but to come in very quickly and ensure that they get results and ensure that they finish in a better position which is the top spot effectively so it's it's a tricky scenario but I think the glare of being a Dynamos for any sort of coach and manager is very different from a club like Black Rhinos where you have a lot less eyeballs. So that's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. Uh, interesting words that Tinashe Farawa said in the uh, interview we just listened to where he talked about the, the fact that his first task is to assemble a team and with news coming through that <laughs> as many as 12 players are going to be out of contract by the end of December that, that should send shudders down the spines of uh, Dynamos fans. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so for me, uh, and then a question that uh, must be posed is, uh, first of all, what's the length of his contract at yeah. Dynamos? And then if you're talking about building uh, a team that can challenge, how much does he, time does he have to build yeah. the team? Yeah. Uh, because that's not a one-season job. Nope. Uh, Dynamos right now, even after finishing...
finishing third this season behind uh, champions FC Platinum and Chicken Inn remain some distance behind uh, FC Platinum who are the trailblazers and who are the champions and they look like they've got a squad out in Zishavane that's only going to get better and better especially with the infusion of the talented youngsters that they uh, plugged in uh, to the squad last season and of course uh, FC Platinum inevitably will invest so we expect to see maybe three or four new faces at FC Platinum already there's talks around a perfect Chikwende uh, making the move from uh, Bulawayi Chiefs back to Zishavane uh, to work again with Norman Mapesa so that's only going to add quality uh, to uh, FC Platinum so the gap is only going to get bigger and bigger <laughs> if you're talking about losing 12 players so how much time will Marua be afforded in light of the expectations of the club Chris talks about the only trajectory is up yeah. can it be yeah. can it be up especially if you're losing players and then you're also up against teams that are ever improving does Dynamos have the patience to say to Marua <laughs> you know what this is a season for building let's see where we are in season 2024 and then perhaps we can make a charge of it in 2025 I don't think Dynamos is that sort of club yeah, no. yeah you see the, the, the problem that we have also in the country is we we are secretive we are vague we 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 are asking a lot of questions here and a lot of these questions are not even answered these are things that are supposed to be already in the public domain that you know what we have got this coach he is on such and such a contract we have given him a mandate to do abc so that by the time the well, fans the mandate, are the mandate is to assemble yeah, a team yeah, imagine <laughs> it's just like the mandate to just assemble a team can you believe it so this I, I don't understand how we go about doing our things administratively we should have been knowing all these yeah, answers the, sure. the answers to all these questions yeah. by now knowing that even the dynamo is faithful the fans mm-hmm. they want to know so that they can become they can start throwing stones there when, because but the mandate is to yeah, assemble so a team to, for, for the championship in 2026 exactly. but they, they want the championship in 2023 but, but, but I think also the, we, we've got football administrators who are not sincere so they, yes, they say true. the right things to the media so for example here the club spokesman is talking about oh no uh, building a team that can challenge that sounds great uh, yeah. you know at a press conference it's the right thing to say but inwardly as a club mm. is that your position yeah. or yeah. you're already saying to Marua you have to win the championship, you must challenge FC Platinum, you must do better mm. than Tondera yeah. Indira. Exactly. And you don't even look at the situation. What is the status of the playing staff? Yeah. How many of the players who were key to you finishing third have you retained have you at retained, the club yeah. are on solid long-term contracts? Which players are you approaching? Which players are you adding to those that are there to beef up the squad and make sure that Dynamos is in a better place than last season? So all those things are not taken into consideration. We step out into the media space we say the right things that sound great to the fans mm. and I think that's just the problem uh, like what Alois is saying where the club administrators seem to be more accountable or so more eager to make the fans happy yeah. by tickling their ears yeah. than yeah. actually having solid conversations Realistic with the people that count mm. and that is of course the technical staff to say okay Marua tell us what is your plan for the club this is our vision for the club this is our short term plan our medium term plan our long-term plan 
the other question is, do they even have that? Yeah, that's where I was going to go. It starts from the organizational strategy itself, which is supposed to exist. And I know we talk about our football clubs not being more corporate, not being very corporate. But I think in 2022, if you're not planning a long-term trajectory for a project, for a club like Dynamos, I'm not even going to call it a project because a project implies that there's a plan in place. Yeah, exactly. That means there's a plan in place. So it's it's. I think it's a daunting task to then set up and say, this is who we are. These are our expectations when there is no long-term plan. So likelihood is these are just discussions that are being had between a coach and a club and they meet potentially somewhere in the middle. You lose two, three games and, the, and he's fired. And the coach wants <laughs> the job, so he takes and signs on the dotted line. Well, Dyer, I can tell you where he was able to build and that's at Black Rhinos because he spent five years in charge of Black Rhinos. He built a competitive side and we all know uh, the sort of style of football that he played, but he was uh, fired uh, uh, under a cloud almost because the club termed his uh, behavior unbecoming uh, at uh, Black Rhinos. Of course, there were rumors of all sorts. Uh, We'll see how he does at Dynamos. He finished the season as an assistant at Harare City Football Club and of course we know uh, that Harare City was relegated ultimately out of the top flight. So they've made their move. Uh, They've got their man Herbert Marua. Jombano is now the new head coach at Dynamos. Assistants will be announced in due course we will let you know as soon as we do from the front of the grid to the back of the net it's cfm sport international sports news roundup where the world comes out to play from sunny melbourne to the streets of monaco the deserts of bahrain to the jungles of brazil get up to speed on the formula one report the Formula One Report is proudly brought to you by Zimoko, the home of F1 brands Mercedes-Benz and Alfa Romeo in Zimbabwe. Zimoko, specialized service for special brands. In the world of Formula One, it's all fun and games when you're racing up and down the track. But when the track ends and the roads get tough, it's time to get into something a little bit more suitable for the terrain. The all-new Jeep Grand Cherokee has the enviable accolade of being the most awarded SUV ever and is designed to deliver even more of what has made this Jeep SUV a true global icon in the premium SUV segment. The SUV was built with more in mind. Standout features include incredible interior space, signature Jeep on-road and off-road capabilities, and new advanced on-board technology for advanced occupant safety and effortless driving. Stay tuned to ZFM Sport for more. All right. Z. All right. <laughs> in Formula One news, Fred Vasseau has been confirmed as the new Ferrari team principal following his departure from Alfa Romeo after six seasons. He takes over from Mattia Binotto after who after he announced his resignation in light of the team falling short of title expectations in 2022. Formula One journalist Craig Slater says Fred Vasseau is a good appointment for Ferrari. Fred Vasseur has a, a deep history with Charles Leclerc. Okay. And people are looking at this and saying, is this good news politically for Charles Leclerc? He's been probably seen as, as the better of the two Ferrari drivers, but he's in this quite close partnership with Carlos Sainz there. Sainz outscored them in their first year together. Leclerc had a big advantage this year, adapted to the new car rather better than Carlos Sainz is. But... 
Fred Vasseur managed Leclerc in junior formula. He was his team boss when Leclerc first came into Formula One with Alfa Romeo. The feeling is he might prefer to have a more clearly demarcated one and two. Z. Now Vassot arrives, having just guided Alfa Romeo to sixth place in the Formula One Constructors' standings, marking the team's best finish in a decade. It's almost a continuity appointment because uh, to the uninitiated, they wouldn't know that Alfa Romeo actually uses Ferrari engines in their vehicle. So it's a bit of continuity there, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, the other thing, Alfa Romeo, of course, uh, owned by the same family, uh, the Agnelli uh, family uh, that correct, uh, yeah. own Juventus Football Club. Uh, anyway, getting back to the Formula One, Barry, uh, I think it's an appointment. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, he's a guy that's uh, widely seen as uh, his career trajectory has gone up and up and up. And and I think what would have made an impression is the fact that he took Alfa Romeo, like you said, to their best finish in a decade. Now, teams like Alfa Romeo, limited budgets, Barry. Uh, mm. They're not as great as your marquee teams, uh, your Scuderia, your Mercedes or your Red Bull. So here he was actually putting in the work. This was about strategy. This was about team chemistry. This was about getting things right in the paddock. But the problem is he comes into a job with a lot of pressure where more illustrious names than him have actually gone in and failed. I mean, Stefano Domenicali, uh, Marco Mattiacci, Maurizio Arrivaberni, as well as, of course, Abinotto. They have all gone into the paddock at the Scuderia and they have all failed. Mm. Uh, And so it's a great challenge for him, but someone who is having listen that upward trajectory as far as his career is concerned I think he sees this as the right challenge at the right time uh, Chris I'm going to quote you you said that Fer- <laughs> you said that Ferrari had a, a good car at the beginning of, of, okay, of the I season did, I did. Uh, and uh, it, it was really just from the strategic perspective where they came short mm-hmm. so it's, he's got to just fix the mentality uh, um, yeah. on the pit wall at Ferrari uh, build a competitive car he's got possibly good drivers uh, that can deliver a championship should they uh, pull finger and do the job. Yeah, I think in in Vasseur, I think Ferrari is in steady hands. So this is someone who's a realist. Um, he's not expecting to come into an easy process by any means. I think just the sheer number of years he spent in the Formula One paddock, I think, is also demonstrative of just what his approach could be mm. when it comes to um, Ferrari. I think Ferrari also experiencing some mixed emotions. So it's it's a ship that very much needs belief and direction. And right. I think having someone with this level of experience, he's Vasseur is going to be able to do that. I think I... I would want to see that uh, the strategic arm of Ferrari improving, yeah. but again, it's going to be a process when you're taking a look at just the number of pieces that need to be knit together for this team. But they still got to build a fantastic car in this off-season. See. All right, let's get back uh, to that uh, all-new Cherokee. And, of course, it's the first Grand Cherokee ever to come with uh, six- or seven-seater options in a long wheelbase to make this model as practical as it is premium. This premium SUV is the perfect embodiment of a car that fits the discerning automotive enthusiast. More legendary capability, more technology, more space and versatility, more innovative features, more world-class cars, more safety, 
and more space. The new Jeep Grand Cherokee is priced from $99,200. That's US dollars, of course, all inclusive of duty and VAT licensing and registration. Uh, price includes a service plan for two years or 60,000 kilometers, whichever comes first. Now, service plan means that you take your car to Zamoko, you don't have to pay, pay for it uh, for the next two years. So that's a fantastic uh, cherry on top. And it comes with a manufacturer's warranty of uh, three years or 100,000 kilometers whichever comes first contact zamoko on inquiries at zamoko.co.zw and get more information on this on-road and off-road legend zamoko specialized service for special brands the formula one report is proudly brought to you by zimoko the home of f1 brands mercedes-benz and alfa romeo in zimbabwe zimoko specialized service for special brands Hi, you're listening to ZFM Sport. My name's Graham Sharp, and I'm the first Zimbabwean to take on the Dakar Rally in a bike. Z. Around the world in 60 seconds. International Sports News. We saw off in Australia where Nick Kyrgios hit out and an apparent lack of respect towards his achievements after being overlooked for Australia's Best Tennis Player of the Year award for Ash Barty, who retired three months into the year. Barty's fifth Nuka medal has been viewed dimly by Kyrgios who teed off at the award on his Instagram profile saying LOL, no respect at all I don't give a f- the rest of the word Mike, this is very <laughs> typical of Nick Kyrgios and to be honest, I wouldn't expect any difference. Well, it's justified, uh, let's be fair, yeah. this is a total disrespect uh, the year that he had, uh, I know he didn't win any uh, Grand Slam but he was right up there keeping the best players in the world honest, he mm-hmm. got to a Wimbledon final, uh, could have won it if he had the right sort of temperament uh, and then for him to be snubbed in this manner, I think it speaks more more uh, to his, uh, should I say, to the to the skeletons in his closet rather mm-hmm. than to actual sporting merit uh, because Ash Barty, I mean, uh, three months work compared to the work that Kyrgios uh, put in over the course of the year, it really is a slap in the face. Let's head over to England where England captain Owen Farrell feels the decision to sack Eddie Jones as head coach is unbelievably disappointing. Jones is sacked after overseeing England's worst year of results since 2008 and Leicester's director of rugby, Steve Borthwick is the favourite to succeed the Australian. And news from South Africa, Proteus bowling coach Charles Langevelt says forcing Australia's top six to play very early in their innings will be crucial to their success in the forthcoming test series that starts on Saturday in Brisbane. In Australia's 2-0 series win against the West Indies, their top six, ably marshalled by Manus Labuschagny, displayed excellent patience before grounding the Windies into dust. Play of the day. The biggest artists with their biggest hits on the biggest show, ZFM Sport. The big leagues, the big teams, the big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. Jogo Bonito, Tiki Taka, Toto Football. It's a football celebration where only the best are invited. Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Benzema. The stars come out to play on your Qatar 2022 World Cup update on CFM Sport.
are the four best performing nations at the World Cup prepare for their semi-finals. The fallout from the fallen giants continues. And of course, uh, not least of all, in England, where the English Football Association, the FA, will consider foreign candidates to replace Gareth Southgate if the England manager stands down from his post. This will be a boost to former Tottenham Hotspur manager Mauricio Pochettino and ex-Chelsea head coach Thomas Tuchel, who are open to the prospect of succeeding uh, Southgate and uh, I always take a great chagrin Barry and uh, I think even uh, those in England will do the same uh, when it's called the English Football Association because it's not the English Football it's just the, the FA the FA the Football <laughs> Association yeah yeah uh, because one they should do so it's the FA let's talk about Southgate and yeah. uh, listen uh, I know I've heard you guys countless times over. Uh, you know, I've heard the arguments about him being tactically inept, about <laughs> they could have done not better, no, that he could have been he could have been braver, uh, he could have been this. But you know what? I- I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? This, this argument on foreign candidates, it's great. But I remember a time, Barry, when England had uh, more experienced, more tactical coaches who worked with more talented players and achieved half of what Southgate achieved. Is it a slam dunk that if you get a more tactically astute player that you will get better results? Um, I, I, I think so in the in this scenario because I think to, to compare Southgate with the managers that have gone Let, let's previously... Keep, let's keep your, the conversation English. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. To compare Southgate with the managers that have gone before, your Sven Goran Eriksons, your Fabio Capello. Fabio Capello. So, yeah, 100%. Who was on the Mount Rushmore of managers when he was appointed. <laughs> <laughs> the, he, we, we would be comparing apples with oranges on the basis that the 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 program that was set up which i believe southgate is a beneficiary of that uh, resulted in the construction of st george's park that uh, d- resulted in the development of the group of players the generation that we're seeing now wasn't in place then this group ah, of, Mary, oh, I, I, I love your argument but i think you're taking us in the reeds because, <laughs> because you know what i, I think we, we can talk about development and that's fine i i, I understand where you're coming from but we are talking about his management of the 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 the, the fruit of that system. Yes, that's where I want us and, to keep our conversation. And, and the management of the fruit. So that is the the players that you are given yeah. to and, work with. And so let's take I'm a going. look at the ones that Southgate has been working with. Yeah, and that's where yeah. I'm going. That this group, mm-hmm. because this group has worked so long together, this group basically has a, a manner, three or four ways in which they play. You can see that the. the, the development established by who established by Gareth Southgate but is a beneficiary of a a system and and I believe that you put a better manager in that dugout he gets better Uh, success with this group of players who system Chris that Barry is talking about Uh, listen I love the talk of systems but I still think that you know what the clubs still produce the players the clubs are the ones that fashion the mentality and the ability of the players more than the national system because I asked the question, how much time does Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane, how much time do they spend at St. George's Park? 
Not a lot. Um, I think across the year, they probably spend like what? Maybe eight weeks together yes. if we're pushing it. Tops. Yeah. Chris, I think you've been tops. very generous. <laughs> okay, maybe six. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you're looking at just stemming off what Barry's saying, I don't think it's necessarily that there's a system that's been very intentional in terms of the English besides unearthing this talent that they've done. I think what we see when we're talking about a system is that these players as a group have come up together for such a long time that they know how the next person plays. Not necessarily that there's a system that's been developed by Southgate, but I think a lot of it is actually more familiarity than for us to say there's a very intentional system that's been put in place by Southgate. So, so what, what I'm saying, Alois, is not necessarily that Southgate has done well. <clears throat> I am still saying Southgate has underachieved. But I go back to Capello and I say that he underachieved in the same manner with arguably better players. Capello had in his ranks and you, players who actually grew up together, played together. He had David Beckham, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Saul Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, Wayne Rudy, Michael Owen, Gary Neville. Shall I go on? He left our film. So there is no guarantee, Alois, that these foreign managers, for me, can come in and do a better job than Southgate. Because Southgate will tell you guys, listen, I've been to a Euro final. I've been to the semi-finals of a World Cup. I've been knocked out in the quarter-final. We don't have a God-given right as England to get past quarter-finals and win matches against teams like France. Yeah, uh, there's no guarantee at all in any in any appointment uh, in football. There's no guarantee, but uh, it is the hope that you know what if we get the, this kind of manager, maybe with the kind of players that we've got, we can get ABC. Mm. But it, it can falter, it can flounder. We, we we don't that nobody nobody will ever know about that. Yes, uh, Fabio Capello failed with a very very great uh, bunch of players. Those were talented talented players. For me, I think they underachieved, just like the Spanish team of Anana Raul. Yeah. Yes, and I hear, you know that team they 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 underachieved you know but i i go back to to what Barry said the system the system that Barry is saying is not set by the national team coach it's not set by uh by the um, by the FA, by not not by the by the club. This is the FA that came together, that went into because when you set, set a system, let's say Zimbabwe Football Association, when they put up a system, the system is supposed to be, uh, you know, irrefunctional. It's operational at club level. Because the national team doesn't have a team, doesn't have a, like a team that they have all the time. So they put in systems that is functional at club level where clubs are developing the players for the national team. How do they go about developing players for the national team? That is where it comes in. But guys, this is what we are now doing. Just like what Morocco did. Like like, like, like the, the development structures. They, they, they go through the clubs. The clubs are actually mandated. This is how we are going to be doing things, guys. From under 13, under 12, I, I clubs are going to, to be that doing that. I don't think the FA steps into Man City and says, you know what, guys, this is the blueprint. No, it's, it's, uh, or, or to it's, Liverpool. It's the system, Mike. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think okay, they benefit. If I may, if they, I may. they benefit from it because I see completely okay. different systems at Liverpool sure. uh, to the one at City okay. to the one at Chelsea to the one at Man United to the one at Arsenal. Can I add? Can I add to the the where? Yes, by name, the players that Capello had were better, but I think in terms of. Uh, being able to play the global game. 
I think this group is better. Uh, and I'll, uh, let me let me let me uh, uh, qualify that. I'll qualify it from this perspective. Look at the last ten years in the in the UEFA Champions League and the performance of English teams. At that time, there was Man United and no one else. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't as hey, obvious it wasn't as global okay. it wasn't as no. obvious obvious Wait. as it is okay. now okay. 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 Let's, pause. There are four. let's let's work with facts yeah. let's work okay. with facts sure. Sure. the decade 2010 okay or even 2012 to 2022 mm-hmm. how many english teams have won the champions league isn't it three uh, two 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 yeah let's go back to the previous decade how many teams won the champions league uh huh. But did we in the previous decade did we have an all English final? Which one? We did. Man United versus Chelsea. Moscow. Well, what year was that? United won the Champions League. They beat Tansi, Chelsea. Tansi, 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 no. Oh. But 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 the truth is mine. No. The, this this Man generation United, of the Champions League that they won. This generation of players, there are a lot more clubs in England. Yes, 2008. Okay. And then you had Liverpool mm-hmm. get to the Champions League final in 2007 and win it in 2005. You had Arsenal get to the Champions League final in 2006. So, 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 even those players had big game experience in the Champions no, League. Where, where, what Mike is saying, it, statistically, yes, but it was one team at a time. You have your Arsenal dominating and going all the way. You've got your Manchester United, then you've got your Chelsea. But this time around, it's, it's a, a, a big uh, number of teams that are competing at a global level guys and this is a big pool of players that are really talented that gareth southgate has got i am going to go back 2005 liverpool beats chelsea in the semi-final it was an all english semi-final to get to the champions league but but wait 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 but wait same thing again in 2007 liverpool beats chelsea to get to the final all english semi-final accepted accepted but liverpool wasn't and by your own admission when when liverpool won wait in the year that liverpool in the year that chelsea goes to meet man united who did chelsea beat to get to the thing they beat liverpool when liverpool Liverpool won the Champions League over AC Milan. Was Liverpool the best team in the world? No, they were not. When Liverpool won the Champions League with Jurgen Klopp, was was Liverpool the best team in the world? No, they were not. I truly believe so. I believe they were. No, they if were not. not. If not, they were definitely in the top three. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. So that's the point that we're making. That Liverpool had a fantastic cup run back then. But, but you're, using, you're, 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 you're using one I'm, team, I'm, guys. Yes. But look at the phenomenally talented English players what? of that decade. Okay, let's compare. Let's compare players decade by decade. English players. Let's start. Okay, let's pick your your eleven, and I'll pick mine. Let's go goalkeeper by goalkeeper. You've got Pickford. <laughs> okay. I've got David Seaman. Let's start there. Let's no, I think, I think the answer is the guys. It's done. It's done. Let's leave it. Pickford, Pickford, I still maintain that uh, Gareth Southgate, with this bunch of players, he could have... Yes, uh, underachieved. Yes, yes, that, yes, yes, yes underachieved. This, uh, this uh, uh, bunch of players that, uh, that, that we're talking about, that Mike is talking about, yes, they were great, but they were playing against also great players from the mm-hmm. other teams yeah for sure they, they, they were playing against 
yeah. big big name team yes. uh, players yeah, from yeah. the other team so okay. they were not competing look at that yeah. the, the very team that uh, that Mike is talking about they were knocked out by 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 Brazil look at the Brazil oh, that yeah. knocked them out that Brazil won, won, won the World Cup yeah. no yeah that Brazil went on to win the World Cup yes no, that, that's the, that. the point that 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 uh, Alice is making. So, so, that, so that time, at, at England, that time was, was, England was, was, had a great side, but they were competing the, against the 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 top most. Anyway, guys, uh, send us your teams. messages. Gareth Southgate has underachieved. Yes. I think that Chris, under a new manager. Here's my argument, Chris. If you're mm-hmm. going to get rid of Southgate, it can't be just to replace him with the just a, a, a rank a and rank. file no, no, no. coach. True, You've got to go with the top. Because look at what uh, Ronaldo. Yeah, they really need Ronaldo is talking about. Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo from Brazil. Mm-hmm. is talking about we need Ancelotti we need Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. we need uh, Mourinho with Brazil for Brazil yeah. that's yeah. the level he's talking yeah, about yeah. England needs that same level yeah. needs that same level yes. and England needs to the, the, the FA as we call it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the association the association yes. it needs to think along those lines I think even just the appointment of Southgate itself may show us an indication that they'd rather go with one of their own and all of that mm. at the moment rather than go with a big name big delivery uh, no, right, right, right now they don't have any because yeah, you own. start yeah. to start shopping with yeah. potter and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are don't have any of their yeah. own right they, now they to actually take them forward they yeah. need a big name and someone who can deliver with this the amount of talent in that team they must just take step yeah he's already committed to he turned down brazil yeah if he can turn down brazil uh how about if he has no Give him, give him the money. Yeah, PA in Warren Park. Uh, good evening to you. He says Southgate has achieved statistically, but he's not tactical. Tuchel and Brendan Rodgers are better than him, especially Tuchel considering he masterminded Chelsea's 2021 Champions League glory and could be the right person. Pochettino, not a bad option as well. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, uh, I can't uh, what, what, what has he ever done? Tuchel is a good coach. We understand that. But because he masterminded this and that in Janjani, I think Southgate has set an open door policy for English players, especially youngsters, and he stands out if you are to compare with previous managers. So he's certainly happy with Gareth Southgate. Uh, this message simply says when you're in trouble, call Big Sam Allardyce. Oh, <laughs> <man. laughs> Southgate was the perfect fit for the English team in terms of his ability to control the English media and the players really believed in him. Saka, I think getting a foreign coach may be a step uh, back. Those are the messages that are coming in. Send us yours on 0731-168-045. Now, let's give you, of course, uh, the rest of the news coming out of Qatar before we build up to that big game tonight. Argentina versus Croatia. As the stars shoot across the desert sky, the lions roar, and the eagles swoop. Africa, we hunt as one.
Writer Portugal are reported to be looking to part ways with Fernando Santos following the elimination from the World Cup. And according to reports, the Portuguese Football Association have approached Roma boss Jose Mourinho. The sources, uh, Portugal, have even gone as far as offering Mourinho the possibility of sharing club and country coaching duties at the same time. Uh, Barry, uh, look at that report. They say that Portugal is the one that's offering that option, but it has to be Roma because Roma are his employers. Yeah, uh, Roma has uh, has contracted him and so they have to agree to it. Um, I think that uh, Jose Mourinho would be a good option for, for uh, Portugal. I think with their talent pool as well as what he can get out of players and also I think in this phase of his career I think Jose Mourinho a national team job is probably the, the logical and, yeah. step. And, and Alois I think uh, he would add that uh, mental stamina uh, to what is a very talented group of Portuguese yeah. players. Yeah, you know, when you look at Portugal, uh, when they were playing, you, you can actually see good, they don't have that grit. Mm. You know, they... they Chigai. Chigai, yeah, yeah. they are not, the brutality is not there. They are all too nice and trying to be too smart. But I think Jose Mourinho can actually bring that yeah. into, into, that, into, that, into that... Into element. That, into, yes. And, and you know, when I yes. saw it, is uh, when Jose Mourinho initially went to Real Madrid yeah. and he was up against Pep Guardiola's uh, Barcelona, uh, yeah. And he tried to be very nice, very football yes. and he And then he was he getting smashed. And he realized that, you know what, he needed thuggery yes. to grit, close yes. the gap and grit. And so you saw the change in demeanor from players like Xavi Alonso, Sergio Ramos. No, That's Sergio why Sergio Ramos, Ramos, Sergio Ramos played a na- big part. Yeah, this there. nasty streak, <laughs> Pepe, ETC. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what this Portugal side yeah, needs. It's got too, too many of these ballers, uh, but they don't have the mental stamina, but they're a very talented bunch of uh, players. Uh, Over to news about Brazil. And their quarterfinal defeat on penalties has come, of course, as a huge shock after the tournament favourites were knocked out by Croatia. But the South American side lost because their best shooters did not step up uh, for the penalty shootout. And that's according to German great Jürgen Klinsmann. Chris, they sent out the youngster Rodrigo first. Mm and he is uh, listen a newcomer to international football in what is supposed to be the most talented team in the world surely there were more senior players that should have set the tone for the penalty shootout and we always know that the way this penalty shootout works in terms of experience you want someone to get in and set the pace and when you have that experience right at the beginning and right at the end Mm. I think it's a penalty shootout is always you know you're kind of 50-50 game so you want to ensure that you got the best chance and the only way to do that is to ensure that you've got someone experienced at the start having someone who's score the first one and at number three Yes. And, and it's a disappointing that they didn't step up to the challenge. It's 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 it raises a lot of questions, I think, in terms of that Brazil squad. Yeah, raising a lot of questions, especially if you consider that Neymar, who's arguably the best penalty taker, yep. didn't even take a kick in the penalty shootout. Style, elegance, determination, passion. Football comes alive in Qatar and on CFM Sport. Action returns to our screens this evening with the first semi-final of Qatar 2022. And that is, of course, the match pitting Argentina and Croatia. And Argentina's coach, Lionel Scaloni, says La Albi Celeste will trust this system when they face the Croats and believes that they have worked out how to hurt the 2018 runners-up. The penalty prowess of both sides settled nervy quarterfinal contest as Latko Dalic's men dumped Brazil 
out on spot kicks a few hours before Argentina then beat the Dutch from 12 yards. Let's hear from Argentina's coach, Lionel Scaloni. We expect a tough match. It's against a really good team. They play as a team. They are a good squad with great players. They're going to make things challenging for us. I don't think that we should go into comparisons about the last World Cup. Every game is different. Lionel Scaloni, very, uh, we talk about Lionel Messi, we talk about Martinez, we talk about uh, uh, De Paul and players like that. But very few people are talking about the prowess of Lionel Scaloni, the man who has turned Argentine football around. He's turned them, it turned them around big time. I mean, they, this is a team that's now getting to the last stages of uh, big tournaments. Uh, don't forget these guys, they've missed out on what, two Copa Americas? They've, yeah. uh, uh, they've gotten to the, they to the final of the World Cup. To get to the last World Cup, yeah, a qualification. Remember, they actually exactly. went via the playoffs. Exactly, via the playoffs. Struggled to get to the to the to the, to the uh, last World Cup, but now they're a team that's installed definitely out of these four as the favourites for this competition so uh, I think that Lionel Scaloni's work is a uh, little appreciated and I think uh, that we need to put some respect on his name uh, and they're up against uh, a very tricky Croatia side Chris uh, a side that has shown that listen they're very well organised they're set up very well and uh, if you don't play your best football like what Brazil did uh, a few <laughs> days ago they can hurt you and I think one of their strengths as Croatia is that first of all no one really gives them a chance when you're taking a look at just the wide spectrum of people when you're taking a look at pitting them against teams no one really gives them a chance and so when they come into any kind of scenario they're the underdogs and I think they play right through to the end every single time they play their hearts out and it's very evident if there's a team that's ground out some results and pushed them through it's Croatia also that midfield absolutely incredible yeah, well uh, Alois they shocked you in the last game uh, you had Brazil going through can yeah. they shock us again yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Uh, they're unpredictable. It, it all depends on how they play this time around. Because when they played against Brazil, I think they found it easy to contain uh, the Brazil forwards. Because Neymar didn't really, besides that goal, he didn't really orchestrate, you know, uh, the attack for, for, for Brazil. But now they're facing a club that has got... Lionel Messi, who can actually go deep, get the ball and fetch and carry. Where they've got uh, also Di Maria, who also does almost the same thing. How are they going to contain that? Because they depend so much on structure. But now we have got an Argentina that is actually capable of destroying a structured team. So I, 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 would, I would want to actually see how they react to uh, to Lionel Messi and uh, and Di Maria. If they they can't contain that, then they are going to be to find themselves in in deeper trouble. Because right now they, they they defend on structure, and when they play against a team that is also structured, they can do well. So we will see. We will have to wait and see how they react to uh, Di Maria and Lionel Messi. All right, Brandon from Epworth says uh, Argentina will win, but it won't be that easy. Uh, if uh, Anze, hi there. If it happens that the little master Lionel Messi clinches the coveted World Cup, he will be better than CR7. Anze, it's just a thought. Master Bex in skies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always wondered to myself why, why the burden of the World Cup is placed on Lionel Messi yeah. and, and never Cristiano Ronaldo. It's, yeah, it's never been placed it's, on it's, No one ever uh, mentions the enough. fact that, uh, you know, Portugal has done bugger all uh, <laughs> during his time at the World Cup. But yeah. Mezzanon's guy win the World Cup. But anyway, let's get to predictions. <laughs> Quick yeah. predictions. Uh, who do you think uh, takes the cake, Chris? 
2-1 to Argentina. 2-1 to the Argies. Alois? I'll go with the same score line to the same team. 2-1. I think, I think it's going to be 1-0. 1-0 to Argentina. To Argentina. I am going with 3-1 to Argentina. Oi, oi, oi. No, no, yeah. no, no. This is bad. This is bad. <laughs> I'm going 3-1 Argentina. We all agree. Jinx it. stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on every weekday it's my sport it's your sport it's zfm sport on zfm stereo my station your station Hi, this is Mike Mandel, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.